You are now listening to the Bunt, the People's Podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. I was born for this shit. I don't give no fucks. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. And this week, woo, do we got a special one for you? Ghost, tell them what we're working with. Oh, you know, just a casual interview with Dennis Booznitz, aka Certified Legend, aka Certified Boss, aka Speedster, <laughs> Texter. He can do it all. He can even hit five-stair handrails. Booznitz, great guy. Stoked to finally get him on the pod. Then we taking y'all to the post office. Second last time this season. Make sure you get all your voice notes and emails and all that crap into the post office for next week. And then, uh, shit, Cam Newton's a, a Patriot, so the rundown's gonna be fun, you diggy? Man, am I am I a Patriots fan again or what? Like, I think I was <laughs> off the bandwagon for a couple months, but I might be back, Superman camp, but we'll get to all that. While you're listening to the pod, make sure to head over to Instagram and follow us at The Bunt Live. Head over to YouTube, subscribe at The Bunt Live. And if you're still feeling like you need to show your boys some love, head over to patreon.com slash The Bunt. Every little bit helps. No doubt. Be streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. You know what time it is. Let's make it pop, D. Jones. And we've been waiting a long time for this. Today at 7 p.m. EST, thebuntlive.com. The site might crash, dog. We got a quick strike pop. And tell them what we're working with. One of the freshest hats of all time. You know what I'm saying? The Bunt <laughs> Worldwide. And a fresh little tea, one-two punch. And don't forget, yo, CHPO brand decided to bless us and turn us pro, basically. Hooking the boys up with a collab, set of glasses, ultra fresh. Yo, you know it's time to get them hater blockers popping. CHPO times the bun. <laughs> Match made in heaven. Over here, we ain't never had no pro shoes. We ain't never had no pro boards. Not even a goddamn signature colorway truck, but we got pro glasses, baby. And you, you can get your own pair now. That's what's up. So, Ghost, with all that being said, it's shout out of the week time. Oh, man, big week. I was super stoked to see this part. Much anticipated. One of my favorite skaters who I just think is criminally underrated, Joseph Scott. Ooh. Euro Shredder of Pain riding for DC and Sour. We were lucky enough to meet him in Bars. He's a super nice dude. Got a little turnt with the boys, you know what I'm saying? Holds it down on a skateboard. Backsmith this one crazy ass rail. And usually I hate when people don't go off the end, but it had a kink on it. And 
normally you pop out before a kink or you go all the way off the end he hit the kink and then came out before the end which is probably the hardest of all three options yeah he's just wild in these streets man and he's a fucking beast go check out joseph scott's part it's on thrasher that will not disappoint and like you said we have dennis Buzinitz in the building a while back he did our boy dirty the battle at the barracks wasn't <laughs> sure if we was gonna able to have him come on here we made it happen dennis Buzinitz, all-time legend your favorite skaters favorite skater type of guy and here he is yo without further ado let's get into this shit eh couple green cans canada's premium pilsner steam whistle the only buzz All right, y'all, we got Dennis Buzinitz in the building. What's going on, man? Not much. <laughs> Straight chilling. Thanks for having me. You've uh, officially been introduced to the Switch Tray Gang before the interview even started, man. <laughs> all day, <Yeah>. baby. <laughs> a little slower than mine, but it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Switch trays are fun. Are you? You need to Jesus. work on your speed to catch up to my Switch Tray swag, but <clears throat> we'll get there. <laughs> I'll keep trying. I've never seen yours, but I, I hear about them a lot. <laughs> oh, God. I'm surprised you're still on the phone with us, man. Jeez, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't hung up yet, man. He's going to be start talking about technical difficulties with his Wi-Fi soon if you go any further safely. <laughs> so, Dennis, welcome to Season 11 of The Bunt, the COVID Chronicles, as we're calling them. How has your life changed in the past month or so due to this pandemic? Um just seeing a lot less people just more uh, secluded and just way more family time and it's kind of a good thing but uh kind of starting to get a little bit uh old i'd, I'd kind of just like to know when it ends yeah you know i'm in a really good spot i have my own little uh, skate zone in the yard here and uh, i like hanging out with my family so i think i'm pretty fortunate and i can't complain but it's definitely weird definitely weird what's the uh what's the most random thing you've done out of boredom so far compliment your switch trays man <laughs> <laughs> that's how bored he's getting uh, i don't know i don't know I, I just fix shit whenever i'm bored there's always something to fix around the house i just do like home improvements that's my boredom go-to i don't know if that's that weird nice so we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment when the Giants won the World Series the first time, I don't even remember when that was. That was pretty exciting. The whole city was going nuts. So I guess that's my sports moment. Nice. And uh, uh, I guess Cardiel grinding the Levi's rail in the city is pretty epic. That's a pretty cool moment in skateboarding. Is that the gold rail? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gone now. Man, I was lucky enough to go uh, take a look at that thing when I went fuck i don't know 12 13 years ago that thing was no joke yeah kind of perfect but also uh really long and fast yeah for yeah. sure it's one of those uh spots where you're obviously bummed it's gone but we talk about it sometimes where it's almost nice that it's not around these days to have the kids go do some nose blunts and shit it's nice that it's just like cardiel's rail Yep, yeah. yeah. Nobody switch flip crooked grinding it or anything. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sacrilege. So take us back to the beginning. Where'd you come up and how'd you get into skating? 
I grew up in Munich, Germany, and I uh, just got into skating because like a, a neighbor kid had like a skateboard and he could ollie up a curb, and we were always like hanging out with him, and uh, we just saw him do that, and then we wanted to do that, so we copied him, and uh, then we found out there was like a mini ramp in the neighborhood at like this youth center, and uh, we just went there and started to skate all the time, and uh, had a good time doing that, and. Uh, yeah, that's how we got into it. That's how I got into it. Uh, when I mean nice. when I mean we, it's like uh, me and my brothers. Oh, nice. My two, my two older brothers. Yeah, they still skating. Yeah, they still skate. Uh, one of them's in Colorado. He's more into snowboarding now, and then the other ones here in the Bay Area. And he, uh, yeah, he's a really good skater. Sick. He still skates a lot. He probably skates more than I do. What? Yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, what was your first big break into the skate industry? As uh, this this guy who I, I I moved to Kansas when I was fifteen, and I was, I was skating in Kansas, and I made like a sponsor me tape, and this this guy moved uh, from Kansas to SF and started working for Deluxe, and uh, he gave them my my sponsor me tape, and then uh, uh, Tommy Tommy called me and. Uh, Told me that they want to flow me some boards and stuff, and then I also got wheels and everything from them. Damn. And that was like uh, late '99, so that that was like my first uh, hookup, kind of, and first whatever break. Sick. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So he was moving from Kansas to go to work there, or he just moved to SF and then ended up getting a job. Uh, I don't know how that worked out, but he he knew somebody at uh, he's like a guy who who built the skate park in Kansas and and he like worked there and stuff and so he like knew people in skateboarding and he he knew the Spitfire team manager out in out in SF and so he just moved out there and I guess he got a job in the warehouse or the sales department or something and uh, yeah just gave him my tape and vouched for me Damn. and then short, shortly after that i went to uh, the uh, the tampa contest tampa am and in 2000 and that's when i got to meet everybody and that was a uh, part of the big break too i guess yeah that's so sick met met jim and met mickey jamie thomas and just all those like people and uh yeah that's yeah, pretty exciting <laughs> did you move to kansas from germany or were you already in the states no, moved moved to Kansas from Germany. Oh wow! We had fam family there, and my grandmother lived there, and she was like ninety seven and uh, beginning to have health problems, and didn't want to move into a a home, and uh, so so my dad decided uh, because of that and other reasons to to move back to Kansas, and because uh, that's where my parents are from originally, and uh, yeah, so. That's pretty interesting, moving to Kansas from Germany. Yeah, that's crazy. Did your parents, like, bring you up bilingual? Yeah, they just taught me all the English. They just spoke English at home, and then I learned German at schools and and just uh, speaking with my friends. And, uh, yeah, it was like a... We never spoke English with them. They just spoke English with us. And so it was oh. like half and half. If, right. if you weren't bilingual, you couldn't be part of the conversation, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I hated speaking English. I, I had to work on that when I moved to the States. So we remember watching you as a young buck on the real team and have eventually become a veteran. 
how annoyed were you when the next generation got on the team and the team was no longer, quote, a team of badasses? <laughs> I don't know. You can't call the young generation not badasses. They're pretty badass. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember being annoyed. I mean, there, there's been some, I guess, some people on the team that have been a little bit that I haven't jived with so well, but we probably shouldn't talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but it it, it is kind of weird coming to realize the realization that I've, I've been on for like a, a very long time, and that it, it just makes me feel old when I think about that. But it's it's cool. <laughs> hey man, holding it down for real since. Since you got into skating, that's crazy. Ninety nine, yeah. man. It's a yeah, long time. it it is nice to have a home like that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny too because I remember when I when I first got on, like people warned me of of like the deluxe mafia and everything, and just saying they're like shady and stuff. And like I don't know, twenty years later, just haven't, <laughs> haven't really seen that or haven't yeah. had any bad experiences with them. They've been awesome the whole time. That's what's up, man. So we hear you're an innovative guy. What's one of your favorite unmade inventions? I'm an innovative guy. That's what we hear, man. <laughs> That's what the people say about you. Uh, I've had some pretty shitty ones. Oh yeah, the ones that I don't make. I got it. All right, yeah, yeah. shit that I've thought of that I haven't made. Well, they're gonna make the remote control electric powered suitcase, and it'll just <laughs> like you, you can just like. <laughs> Try drive it around the airport, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, the one thing I thought of that, which is kind of horrible, and and it, it's this, I imagine it to be a success. Somebody else made it. Somebody legit made it, like Samsonite made it or something. But it's like the the suitcase scooter, <laughs> and it just like has like a handle that pops out, and then like a little board, a little platform for standing on, and then you can just like. Have your roller bag suitcase that you can scooter s- scooter around the airport. Yeah, and uh, I love that. It seemed like something that people would just love, and uh, yeah, and, and and then like a couple of years later, I saw it made by by a legit company, but I haven't seen one out in the wild. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping hoping that'll happen. Yo, I would probably laugh at it and clown it, but then be jealous at the same time. Oh, you would want one. I, I had like a big old board box that w- I had like propped up on the front of my skateboard and I was kind of like steering with it through like the airport and like just eating shit all over the place. And then I was like, man, they should just make this like a like a thing where you could just fold up the skateboard and grab it. And, <laughs> and that that's where that came from. That's a good one. You know how they have that technology that uh, people have with drones and they can get like the drone to like follow them around? That's what they need to add to those to your luggage man yeah so it just stays by your side you don't have to like carry it or roll it or anything oh no, that that exists yo i swear i've seen that damn so i didn't just create that no <laughs> god damn it. I, I was thinking more of like how they have like the electric powered forklift the little jacks that have like a little assist like something like that for like those roller bags yeah but whatever just it's just it's just horseshit. It's that there's a reason why I didn't make it. <laughs> so word is you got love for model airplanes, but that those airplanes also have love for the creek. What's up with that? Flying an airplane is kind of hard, and it's not really different <laughs> than like flying a 
a full-size airplane, you know, from the physics of it and everything. It's hard to uh, land and uh, slight errors have big consequences. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just fun. The kids enjoy it too. And uh, yeah, I've, I've just crashed a couple of them. And, uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's it. That's, that's all that's there is the to it. That's the story there. But I can fly them too. I mean, my last couple of flights have been successful. And uh, yeah, yeah. I just I just don't care much for drones. Everybody likes to get drones and fly them around. And uh, I had like a model airplane one as a kid, and they're good fun. And just a couple mishaps ending in the creek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no lives were lost though. <laughs> <laughs> so, does it ever get annoying when people categorize you as just being a fast skater and not a tech skater when you're much more than just a speed demon? Yeah, it 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 is like uh, weird to get like pigeonholed like that or whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's I guess it's nice that like just people remember you for whatever. So I'm, I'm not gonna complain about that. But it is like sometimes a little weird. Like I feel like I do more than just go fast. But uh, that's what people always like to talk about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, your video parts just you pushing. <laughs> you just come in, come in the screen and out no tricks <laughs> you are like equally as tech as you are a fast skater so it's weird that you do get pigeonholed as just a fast skater yeah thank you and you be getting gnar too you you backlip like a four or five stair rail in uh, <laughs> in the real video <laughs> yeah big time rail skater <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't can't really get down with rails. I don't know. It's too too much for my uh, uh, psychologically. I, f- I feel like I can't get over the hurdle of being okay with just like dying, basically. <laughs> so I just stay away from rails. You've hit some rails in your day, though. Yeah, that four that four stair in my video part. <laughs> <laughs> You've done your homework. <laughs> no, I I, I, grind, I grinded the Keysar rail, the not kinked one, the long flat one, but that's not really a handrail. Which one is that one again? Frank Gerber front boarded it for like a 411 opener a long time ago. Ed oh. Templeton feeble grinded it. It's an yeah, SF. Yeah. Um, it has it has that kink trail that uh, BA does something on. What does he do? He board slides it, I think, in Welcome to Hell. Oh. Uh, Suchio just front boarded it for his one of his parts, one of his many parts he puts out. <laughs> one of the 10 parts he dropped last year. Oh, yeah, it's in there. Our boy got robbed, man. Well, who who do you think should have been Sodi last year? Um, well, Suchio definitely kind of like put it down. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Tiago too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're in the same boat as us. We were Team Tiago all the way up until they announced who won, and then for like all of January or sorry, all of December, Mark just kept putting out more and more footage. Like the year wasn't even over, and then that that kind of tipped my decision. I was like, okay, maybe. For 2019, I would give it to Mark, but Tiago or Mark couldn't go wrong. But yeah, yeah, he did. He did that insane kickflip. That was yeah. cool. But I mean, like in a couple of years from now, I think the the Verso part is still gonna like hold its ground. So that's for sure, definitely something to be proud of for Mark. Uh, for sure, he also stepped up his rail game like crazy this year, man. This guy's hucking. Yeah. So back to you being a speed demon. Who's faster, you or Justin Strubing? 
Oh, strubing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legend. He, he's he's crazy. Kickflip, backtailing at third and army, super fast. Yeah, that's what I remember from him. You've been a part of Adidas since the beginning of their skate program. What made you want to try something new at that time? The beginning of their second skate program. They had that one in the nineties. Well, uh, Bryce Knight, he he hit me up and um, he uh, kind of sold me on it. He's he's a good dude and he was going to run the program, so that helped me uh, go for something new. And then um, uh, Jim and Mickey and a lot of the guys at Deluxe kind of told me that that's a uh, that would be a good choice to make. And uh, yeah, and uh, things weren't really going anywhere with where I was at with my other shoe sponsor. So it seemed like a great opportunity to go for. Clearly made the right choice. Yeah, and in, in, in hindsight, that's easy. But at the time, it seemed very uh, iffy, especially because yeah. their, their first skate program was kind of questionable. Or it it failed, I guess, and uh, so it would have been like, you know, it just kind of, it wasn't like a sure deal, and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough choice to make, but I just kind of went for it, I guess, and uh, it worked out. Well, good thing they approached you, man. Kept that program thriving. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking to uh, Raymond Molinar not too long ago, and he was telling us how like him and Danny Garcia kind of had. I think they were kind of on the fence at the beginning too, and then they ended up going with S, and we see how that all turned out. But yeah, yeah, I remember them. Remember them talking about Danny Garcia. PJ Ladd was also one of the person, one of the people they really wanted to get. Damn. Yeah, he he he, did, he didn't want to do it. He got sketched out, and uh, yeah. Well, he's he's got a nice home on New Balance. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I remember he put out that one part, actually. I forget what it was called, just him skating New York in Adidas. He was looking crispy in that. Yeah, that was like that was quite a few years after the, the program got going. Oh, true. He tried to come yeah. crawling back, eh? I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put it that way, but I think he kind of like probably regretted not going for it. But right. he's doing fine, like you said. Well, you've emerged as the man over there at Adidas. What was it like when your first shoe had so much success and you start to notice like non-skaters wearing it all around the world? <laughs> it, it's really cool. It, it gets me stoked every time to see a non-skater wearing my shoe and like having like no no clue that like Buznitz is even a person. I don't know what they think about it, you know? And, <laughs> it's a and name, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know. It's nice to see it uh, succeed. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was cool too because like uh that was my first shoe and I'd, I'd never like uh designed a shoe or anything like that and uh at the beginning i went into it like kind of like cocky and everything and just like oh yeah this is what i want let's do this let's do that and everything and it's like a big ordeal to like make the whole thing it takes forever and then and then when it's getting like closer to like hitting the shops and everything i, I was getting kind of nervous about it like just like oh like damn like are people really gonna buy this is adidas just gonna be stuck with like uh, like thousands of these shoes that nobody wants to buy and like i got i got kind of nervous and then and then uh yeah it did well so that was, it was kind of a relief i guess oh uh, so yeah, dope i was working can't make enough of yeah i was yeah. working at uh 
a drift skate shop here in Toronto when your shoe came out. So I saw firsthand, man, like so many non-skaters were coming in. Skaters as well, but it was crazy, man. People would just be so hyped, like definitely didn't know who you were, but they, they yeah. loved the shoe. That's good. Yeah, I guess I just went with something that I wanted to skate and uh, that that worked out. So, yeah. so how long ago did the first Boosnitz come out? like 2008 i got like the first samples 2008 i got like the first samples and then like at the end of 2008 or uh, uh like early 2009 i think is when it hit yeah like january 2009 is when it hit shops i think wow man. yeah that's a hell of a run yeah it's way better than i thought it would be <laughs> the next two weeks chpo has decided to challenge the people we over here at the bunt have donated to the eight can't wait organization and chpo is challenging you too as well make a donation of ten dollars or more send us your receipt and we're going to pick three lucky winners over the next two weeks to receive a giant sized chpo box this is in your hands donate to the eight can't wait organization you guys could be hitting a lick with CHPO. All right, Dennis. So one of our favorite things here at the Bun is to go behind the scenes on some of our favorite tricks. Can you take us behind the scenes on your third in Army back nose bunt sesh? I don't know what there is to talk about there. Uh, it's just always like a kind of kind of like a fantasy trick of mine. Um, I, I love that. Uh, that curve uh the very first time i like skated there I, I had i had so much fun skating it and i always enjoyed it and uh i always had like a fantasy of like backside nose blunting like it that, that like seemed kind of um not doable for a while but then i i like learned backside nose blunts this is like <laughs> before i could even get, could even do backside nose blunts i was like oh that'd be crazy to do it around <laughs> the corner but then i learned it and i figured it out more and then yeah um we're filming for that uh, a Transworld video, a cinematographer, and uh, went out there with Wolf and uh, Dave Kami and just started like posing it all day long. And it, it took a long time to to get and just tried it over and over and over again. But uh, it's kind of like nice because it has that uh, bar at the top, so it's kind of like safe from zipping out that way. But uh, still a still a hassle, and uh, yeah. I don't know, just spent a lot of time at Third and Army. And like, um, the funny thing is, on I, I don't know if it's still like that, but you could go on Google Earth and do like the satellite image of Third and Army. And in Google Earth, I'm at the spot and like Dave's there, like set up his, he's got like his camera, he's on a ladder and, and I'm there trying the trick. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty, pretty funny that it made it there. That's so sick. We got to find that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if it's not up now, um, I don't know if you can find like the old version or something. But yeah. So did you get it like the first? That was the one time you went to try it. No, no, no. It it took like uh, three times or something like that. I I, I I tried a lot of times and I I get like tired. So okay. <laughs> that's a like yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say, but yeah, I, I I get beat up and then and then I have to go back. So whatever, yeah. doesn't always work out. 
Yeah, we were talking about it with Cairo a little bit. Just San Francisco is one of those cities where you have to go to the spots to appreciate how gnarly they are. Because I remember before I went there, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and that on the curve ledge. Oh. And then I got there and tried to 50 it and like almost flew over the thing because like I wasn't <laughs> ready to lean back as much as you actually have to. But that back nose blend is uh, so fucking crazy. Yeah, what were Thank what you. were some of the tricks you were claiming over on the curve ledge? Say on the cur- yeah, I, I don't think I had a specific claim. Probably probably switch back nose grind or something like that. If oh I, yeah, I don't remember, but I just that's probably you know something that would have crossed my mind. Logical switch back five oh maybe, but yeah, that thing that thing can pitch you if you're not like if you're not used to the curve. It's, yeah, it's serious. Even your front crooks on the other side is nuts because it's all like chunky and so curved for that trick. It's they some sometimes people put a bunch of wax on it too, and that just makes it even more deadly. Oh man, yeah. definitely my friend Duncan. I don't know. You've probably seen him. Didn't know who he was at the time, <laughs> but he was like a he's a wax lord. And uh, I remember, <laughs> fuck, I forget the guy's name now. Donald, do you remember it? Uh, he's like a San Francisco legend guy, but he would actually get into like altercations, not physical, but like like yelling at my friend like they'd be yelling at each other about his waxing <laughs> the third Nar- i don't know if third army locals are as gnarly as the pulaski locals but yeah they they encourage you to go faster as opposed to waxing too i feel like. yeah yeah <laughs> that one makes no sense <laughs> go faster and just stick harder and slam harder but yeah that's like such a norcal thing to say but uh, no, they're they're pretty mellow at Third Army. It's like not that many people skate there anymore. Anyway, you can just oh, really? whenever I'm there, it's pretty much empty. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. My friend, so. our friend Duncan waxed the shit out of it one day, as he always does. And uh, this guy Ryan Elton, another Canadian, just pulled up and had no idea that Duncan had freshly waxed it, and he just went to front blunt the ledge and like actually fell on his face he slipped out so hard oh man like oh. one of those ones where you can feel it from like 30 feet away you feel the ground you're just like oh fuck brutal yeah god damn it duncan <laughs> yeah whack wax uh, people like it for like safety like they they want to know that it'll slide every time but then if you're whatever like shit like that you can just get smoked too like yeah especially if you don't know how much wax is on it yeah, I mean, I hear like Nyjah like waxes rails like crazy, just so he like definitely knows that it's gonna go, and uh, I guess it works for him. Uh, I, that's fucked. I just, I don't know, it's it's nice when like uh, things have like resistance and you can kind of yeah, like you want to feel push, it a little bit, push it against it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know the uh, the older I get, the less resistance I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so dono and i were no strangers to the uh 3xl massive t phase back in the early to mid 2000s we heard you also had a stint with uh one of those ghetto gowns as some people <laughs> used to call them but it didn't go over so well with the real team what's the story there <laughs> they giving you a hard time no that that was just that was just fun that was like uh I don't remember where we were, but we were somewhere and uh, they were selling those ghetto gowns at the gas station for really cheap. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so 
we bought one and uh, like i just like skated around with it and uh just like one session or something it was just like hilarious it was just a joke no, no oh, like it, okay, okay. it wasn't like i was like seriously trying to run that i was just uh i was just having fun Damn. being gangster for a while and uh there's like a I've seen a photo of it somewhere, or it's in one of the videos or something. I'm like skating a bank or something, and it looks hilarious. It, I, I mean, I guess it's that look with like big shirt and then normal pants. So <laughs> yeah, that looks even wilder. It's extra bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was picturing you actually just showing up one day, like trying to pass it off as like at the warehouse or something. <laughs> <laughs> just being being a thug. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like I like my clothes a little baggy, but I can't really go for that full. I don't know what you call it. Triple X is a lot, man. Yeah. So, who are Ducky Darnsworth and Gary Headlock? <laughs> who gave you that one? Is that Cairo? Well, um, when I, when I first got on got on Deluxe and everything, like one of my first trips that I did was a, a, a cross country trip with uh, Frank Gerwer and, and Nate Jones and all those guys uh, filming for Real to Real. And, uh, and uh, I, I guess I was like very green and uh, Frank just had a good time just fucking with me, telling me all, all sorts of shit and I would just believe it because I was just like gullible and naive. And, uh, and this was like at a time pre-internet, obviously, or internet definitely not while you're on a road trip you didn't have access yeah. to internet and uh so he he was like just telling me about the the newest 411 and uh <laughs> the openers and uh and just like just like he was telling me that this dude did a switch tray you know you love the switch tray oh, switch yeah. s- switch tray backside nose grind on a handrail <laughs> <laughs> dude mariano did it you know yeah, Year, yeah. years later it's not it's not like that crazy but at that time i was just like what like really that's like no way i want to see the round rail square how was the, like what's this guy's name and then he's like gary headlock you haven't heard <laughs> Oh, yeah shit. and uh yeah he, he would just fuck with me like that and like and and then like yeah it was like gary headlock and then his buddy ducky donsworth and uh <laughs> yeah it's just it's just kind of kind of funny yeah mariano did that trick and for real then and uh there's like some there's some skater on like chocolate or something who who kind of has a name similar to ducky donsworth do you know who i'm talking about shit no there is a kid named Ducky, but isn't he on pizza or something like that? Maybe I don't know. I, I, I yeah. Frank texted me this this one this one kid who who sounds very similar to Ducky Donsworth. It's pretty <laughs> pretty awesome. Like I guess uh, life is imi- imitating art or something. <laughs> so Fuck, that reminds me we got to get Frank on the pod one day, man. I'm sure he's full of stories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he's uh, he's got stories for days. <laughs> You straight destroyed our boy Wade Desarmo at Battle at the Barracks some years ago. <laughs> Do you ever feel guilty about that murder? And uh, how come you didn't come do the rematch at the Glory Challenge, man? The people needed that. No, what, what I remember from that game of skate is, is a switch frontside flip. It really left an impression on me. He did like one of the best ones I'd ever seen. 
So I, I really Is that like, like that. the only trick he landed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he killed him, man. He, he, he let, didn't he, even he, stop to talk. You were just hitting the quarter he, pipe wall rides, flying by him. He, Your daughter was moving around <laughs> faster than he was. <laughs> he uh, he landed a bunch of tricks. I don't know. I never, I never felt bad about it. It was just a stupid game of skate. Like, who cares? <laughs> I definitely didn't think we'd be talking about it years later. Uh, we're only bringing it up because he's, he's our boy. He lives in Toronto. Yeah, he's yeah, a good friend of ours. Yeah, and uh, why why I didn't come back to, to play him, I guess, I don't know. The job was already done, man. I'm pretty nervous, man. I guess, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Lori Challenge did get pretty crazy. If you're nervous, that's like... They flew him in on a helicopter, man. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I probably should play him just to get it over with. Yeah, we need that rematch one day, man. The definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, they, the, the Barracks tried to do a rematch with uh, Chris Cole and I, too, and that just didn't work. Like, some sometimes it's just like... You know, you have like a game of skate, and it's it's cool, and you should probably just leave it at that. You know, like it's just trying to yeah. redo I mean, it does doesn't have that. You skunked him, so there's no reason you need a rematch. If anything, <laughs> he probably he wants one. <laughs> it's settled. Yeah, <laughs> he was the fourth. Like four years ago, we had him on. He was, I think, our second person we ever had on the show. Yeah, and we asked him about it just to bust his balls, and he was just like, "Yeah, I was just so intimidated." He kept fucking going up the quarter pipe and just flying back and forth. <laughs> yeah, mental mental warfare, man. <laughs> I, hit, I hit the quarter pipe to fuck him up. <laughs> Can you tell us about the hundred dollar bet you had with Max Schaff when you were in Atlanta picking up Gerwer from jail? Yeah, we were picking up Frank, and uh, we just had some time to kill in the parking lot, and uh, we're just skating flat ground, and I guess. Max is like, he just he's just like, I'll give you a hundred dollars for a uh, hundred nolly flips in a row, oh. and I just went went for it, and I I got to ninety eight, and then I bailed. Oh, oh <laughs> fucking hell! But yeah, he must have been sweating. <laughs> I I think they were just la- like laughing at us at me the whole time, just like this dude doing ninety eight nolly flips. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like you owed him if you didn't make it, or it was a one-way bet? I don't think so. I think it was just pretty casual. Like, hey, see if you can do a hundred nolly flips. And, right. you know, just yeah. Damn. Gerwer got out of jail. Everything was all good. Yeah, he, he came out and everything was fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty wild. We we're just being. We we're like at the hotel drinking Jägermeister, and then and then Frank wanted to uh, cut my hair with a knife. And then and we're like out by outside in like the common area with like the pool, and he was like cutting my hair with a knife. And then this like uh, group of like high school kids that were on like a trip showed up, and they were like, yeah, and 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 they they were just like freaked out by the these two drunken dudes, and one of them with a knife cutting hair, and and then the cops showed up, and and they just took in frank probably because he had the knife or something and uh yeah so it's like people being scared of us but we weren't really doing anything bad at all (laughs) (laughs) gabe gabe morford has a photo of the 
of him like cutting my hair with a knife. It's pretty funny. It was not a sharp knife, so he's trying to use it like a, like a serrated thing, just like hacking away oh at it. Oh my god! And and he would like rip it out more than cut it. It was not 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 oh. that fun. It's <laughs> torture. So yeah, and then after that, we were at the at the jail waiting for him. <laughs> no, good time to do 98 nollie flips yeah. can you tell us about the night you may have had one too many weed brownies yeah yeah that's a pretty funny night uh <laughs> yeah it's just weird i hadn't i hadn't had that much experience with like edibles and uh i knew this guy who worked at a pot dispensary and this was like way before uh pot dispensaries were like a normal thing and uh, mm-hmm. he would he would just like give me stuff, and he he like gave me this brownie, and uh, I just I was just bored at home, and I I just ate the whole thing, and uh, and I called him up, and I was like, oh yeah, hey, th- thanks thanks for that brownie, man, it's pretty fun. And he's like, how much did you eat? Like the whole thing, <laughs> and he's like, ooh, should have just broken off a little chunk of it, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, shit got weird real fast. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I like just called my uh, my girlfriend. She is at work, and made her just be on the phone with me to just like talk me down from losing it. And I just had my my like head on the table, like looking down, yapping, just like oh whatever. And and um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's is is not good and then uh i I managed to drag myself to bed and uh then i had to like throw up but i couldn't move so i just like tilted my head sideways and like made it go on the side of the bed and then like i was like oh cool i felt much better and like i had that going for me and then uh just kind of like surviving you know just like thinking i'm like through the worst of it and then the next thing I heard was my dog in the room eating my vomit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to like muster everything I had and just was like, oh, I gotta get this dog out of here. I can't have my dog eating my pot brownie vomit. Oh, yeah. That that's yeah. not good. And uh, yeah, I, I threw up on uh, this like you know that famous photo of Jay Adams doing doing like that carve. Yeah the carving cones yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- they had like this cardboard thing at deluxe like a like a big print of it and they gave it to me and i i, I hadn't hung it up yet and it was like right beside my bed so i vomited on that and then my dog was like <laughs> licking it off of that it was pretty <laughs> yeah and there's like this little mark on it where the the paint came off or the the, the whatever the picture came off and uh yeah, every time I see that, I think about my my wild my wild days. <laughs> man, the homie, homie should have told you, man. Break off. Of yeah, this. you needed a warning. Man. Yeah. Well, I've been very cautious since then, so it it, it it's, yeah it, there was a lesson there, and I I heeded it. <laughs> so, what was your horizontal shit talking phase? Please explain this to the people. <laughs> the, that that clip in that video, uh, that was whiskey induced. I remember that, and 
It was like before I was 21, so I, I had to like get like bottles of whiskey from like whoever would buy it for me, and then I'd like have like this little stash of booze, and it just hit it, and uh, yeah, I was just like passed out in the hotel, and like I I locked I locked myself in the bathroom or something like that, and I just passed out in there, and then they like, but the the TM was like worried about me, so he busted in the door, and then there I was like. But I, I was still like just talking shit, like passed out, face on the ground, just like <laughs> ah, like whatever. I don't know what I was saying. But then, yeah, he's he's like, up oh, horizontal shit talker. Oh, just like making fun of me. And, I don't know. They they put that in the video and whatever. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> but that my horizontal shit talking phase wasn't that long, I guess. <laughs> so. Since our boy James Hardy was kind enough to provide us with so much insight and funny stories, um, we wanted to give you an opportunity to throw him under the bus. Do you have a Do you have a good James Hardy story from over the years? No, I I don't have a a good story. But w- one thing that I'll always remember is the like we had like a soccer ball on tour, and and we just like bust out the soccer ball and just fuck around with it. And we went to this one spot at a school with this rail, and uh, so, like somebody was like trying to skate it, but we were like still like just goofing off with a soccer ball. And he and James like got like so mad at us and like scolded us. And it was like the weirdest thing. Like I felt like it was like my dad like yelling at me at the spot for like kicking around the <laughs> soccer ball, and I wasn't quite sure if he's like joking or if he's serious or not. But he was like dead ass serious and like no more, no more soccer ball. People are skating. Like <laughs> I, I was scared of him. Like I, I know that dude could kick anybody's ass. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's like He's one of the things dog. I remember of him. That's amazing. <laughs> so, rest in peace to the legend Jake Phelps. We heard you had a wild time with him in Australia, and he may have gotten on your nerves a little bit. What's the story there? Yeah, we 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 just got into the that car accident, and um, he didn't really get on my nerves or anything. But uh, he was driving and. Uh, he 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 was driving when we crashed, so he he was just like you know, that was stupid, and uh, I fucked up. Uh, you can punch me if you want to, and so he just let me get a get a, get a free punch on him. But I punched him just because I had like a free shot, not because I was like annoyed with him or anything. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that that was like a formative trip in my life. And uh, yeah, just a experience that probably changed me. I mean, definitely changed me. And uh, yeah, that dude was uh, part of it. He made it happen, really. Sick. Which trip was this? It was a Volcom trip to Australia, and um, the the trip was like from Perth to Melbourne. We're gonna escape Perth for like a week, and then fly to Melbourne and uh, skate there. And uh, Jake was like, "Let's rent a car. We'll drive across Australia. Fuck flying!" Like, and Monk Monk was out there too, and like they were just gonna do it, just the two of them. And they invited me to go along, and, and I was like, "Yeah, well, I'll drive a, across the outback. It's not like you get that opportunity all the time." 
very often. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yep. And that was the beginning of that. And then, uh, yeah, almost died. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Make, makes you, like, put things in a different perspective, I guess. For sure. Was it when you were out there, when you did a uh, frontside flip, switch nose, manny, fakie flip? There, yeah, that was a Adidas trip a uh, couple years later, and uh, no, that that wasn't that trip. I don't know. It's like when, when you almost die, you don't get up and go and do manual tricks. It's <laughs> <laughs> your first thought. Nah, you skate twenty stair rails probably. Yeah, you just just I don't know what you do, but you don't do manual tricks. <laughs> Oh shit! I almost died, and I never fakey flipped out of a manual. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> what better time than now? Oh, nah. That's good. What are you looking forward to most when this pandemic passes? Just high five and friends, and just hanging out with people. I I, I miss like just uh, socializing, I guess. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about TV shows earlier. But do you have any recommendations for the people, whether it be a TV show, a movie, or a book? Um, I, I just watched uh, Parasite, that movie. That's a oh, that sick. Korean movie. It's, it's very good. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I want to uh, rewatch The Wire. The Wire is epic. And it seems like a good, uh, oh. good, good show to spend time on Classic, during this man. time. Yeah. yeah. Once, once we get through Sopranos over here, I think we're going to do The Wire next. I mean, we we it would be a rewatch for me as well, but it's definitely it's been like over a decade, so down for that again. And uh, Kirby Enthusiasm is also a show that I've been watching. Did you finish season ten? Uh, the one with the spite stores and everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's 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 good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and this week, it's an honor to be presented by Skaters Vote. Be a voice for change and register to vote. Skaters Vote is helping everyone rolling in the U.S. register to vote. You can follow them at at Skaters Vote on Instagram, or go to skatersvote.com to register online, get resources on upcoming elections, and more. You can make it happen. Register, research, and keep pushing for positive change. All right, Dennis, it's that time. Rapid fire. Let's get it popping, cuz. <laughs> Favorite skater? Cardiel. Favorite video part? Got Mariano and Mouse. Favorite style? Gino. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Donnie Barley. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? I don't know the answer to that. There's too many skateboarders, too much <laughs> talent. Your teammate Ashad Ware is definitely up there. For sure. My other teammate, Mark Succio, is up there, too. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. Favorite trick other than switch tray? Uh, frontside Smith grinds. Hardest trick for you? Varial heels. Don't tell Wade, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most illegal trick? Um, Benny Hanna's. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Switchbacks at nose grind at uh, three up, three down. Woo! Oh, Yo, that's another one. Unless you've been there, 
damn that thing looks so perfect on film and shit it is pretty good but like to get a nose grind even regular front side back side start to finish is hectic mad respect thanks i'm proud of that one hell yeah <laughs> what's the one trick that got away 540 <laughs> I, I, i'm still i'm still alive though too but <laughs> i'm not even i'm not even joking i, I want to do a, a 540 at some point in my life but it looks looks like it's just... getting away <laughs> you got it bro don't don't you guys want to do 540s i mean that's not even in the realm of like possibility so i've never but i would like to that would be probably a really nice feeling. What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Uh, Nick Dompierre backside nose blending the mini mega rainbow rail at at the Vans showdown. That that was a gnarly one. Damn. S- seemed pretty undoable when he was when he was trying it when he first threw it out there. But yeah, he did it. Forgotten about gnarliest dudes of all time. Yeah, yeah, heavy hitter for sure. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? My own personal biggest bunt would be claiming to uh, Smith grind the Cardiello ledges in the city and then just not even jumping on it because I got too scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good good bunt. I don't know. Wait, is it the, the Mikey Taylor nollie flip no slide? Yeah, yeah, that one. Holy shit. You claim Smith grind on that shit? <laughs> Yeah, I'm goofy, so I had like the smaller side. I have like a, a smaller side, and it's it's not like a it's not high to get on or anything. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just like, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I think I can do it. Whatever. And uh, couldn't even get myself to get on it. That's an epic bunt. But that thing, I've looked at that thing too, man. That thing is intimidating as fuck. Yeah, when you look at it from the bottom, it looks easy, and then you get to the top, and it's it's. Uh, yeah, just kind of wild. Yeah. All all sorts of ways to eat shit. Yeah. What's the last new trick you learned? Uh, I haven't. I don't remember. I haven't. I haven't learned a new trick in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to keep the ones I got. Yeah. So trust me, I feel you. <laughs> What's your dream job after skating? I don't know. Some job where I still get to just skate. I guess still travel and still skate. I wouldn't call team managing my my dream job, but like something something along those lines. Still, kind of like being the mix, but not like pretending to try to be with it. Still, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. I'd I'd like to like go to like the Dime Glory Challenge and stuff, and see all those kind of events still go down, but uh, without having to skate in them. Something like that. <laughs> that sounds pretty fun. Favorite local brand? I don't know any local brands. FTC? Boom, there you go. It's kind of a brand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I like those dudes. Favorite local skater? Brian Gaberman. Favorite teammate ever? Jake Donnelly. Always makes me laugh. Worst teammate ever? You there, Donno? The iPad die or something? You're just bored with your own podcast, had to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Worst company. Monster. (laughs) Trucks are the drink. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Both. The the, the drink, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> At least the trucks are like still doing something for skateboarding. Yeah. Making trucks. Where's trend? I don't know. Just super loose trucks. I don't know what that's all about. Like, <laughs> yeah. That is and, a thing. Uh, I, uh, just um, having a board be like super shitty, like the shittier the better. It just, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's cool to like make your board last and not just be like wasteful by setting up a new one every day. I kind of like that point of it, but then just to have it like, I don't know. It just bothers me because it is a trend and people just want to show off how shitty their gear is. Yeah. And like, that's awesome. And that just bothers yeah. me, but whatever. Yeah. People are skating. People are having a good time. So whatever. Definitely. Can't hate too much. <laughs> Worst style. Unnatural style. Premeditated style, I guess. Anyone come to mind when you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, n- no. Did, you know what I'm talking about, though. Just people who try to look a way that they are not meant to look it just looks horrible <laughs> though the worst style yeah. that's natural is better than like the, the fake style definitely last person you want on the sesh just the dude who likes to argue and reason with people that are kicking you out and like drags it on for way longer than it has to be and doesn't go anywhere anyway <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> we all got that, homie. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with the GOAT, Dennis Buzinitz, man. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to do this. Hell, yeah. My pleasure. It's been fun. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to do it in person, but uh, the pandemic led us to Zoom, so we appreciate your time. But we'll have to get a session one of these days, man. For sure. I'm down. All right, Ghost, last week we got an email from the genius himself, Mitchell W, saying he needs a little bit more D. Jones and that I need my own segment. And you know what? I think we've got one here. We're going to do Fanboy of the Week. Over here at the Bunt, we get lots of emails of people showing their love for the podcast and for us. But you know who doesn't get enough shout? is our haters on the internet, man. (laughs) So that's exactly what we're gonna do. Fanboy of the week, we're gonna shout out our favorite hater each week. And with Slap Message Boards, we have an endless supply. So for our very first Fanboy of the week, he goes by Bida Weeda on Slap. I thought, maybe I'm being too hard on them, maybe I'm wrong. I tested out the Beeble episode about two years since I listened to the Phelps episode. The host started arguing with Beeble about who was better, LeBron and Kobe, and I had to stop. It was my second bunt, and it will be my last. (laughs) There is no way their voices are ironic in any way. Typical sneakerhead douchebags. (laughs) Plus, they're Canadian. They should go back to drinking Schlitz, or whatever they drink, and duck hunting. Well, Bida... I'll tell you one thing. We definitely aren't sneakerheads. <laughs> this is the furthest thing from what we are. I'm not sure if our voices are ironic enough, but man, reading the hate mail on Slap brings a smile to my face, dog. Bita Wida, I'm here for you, G. This, uh, this segment's perfect for you. 
the hate just bounces off of you like your teflon tom whereas i'm just i avoid it you know what i'm saying every 10 nice messages you get one bad one and for some reason that's the one that sticks in your head but uh i feel like this will be a very entertaining segment i'm stoked for it to uh recur sneakerhead douchebags might be the best diss we've ever gotten in uh the last four years so shout out to you that made me laugh a lot fanboy of the week number one it's time for the post office make sure to get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com only one week left and we gonna have to take a little break after next week man oh hell yeah it's summertime in the city <laughs> <laughs> all right ghost who we got up first you've got mail all right first up we got an email from sus pat went and watched day in the bunt definitely a canadian heritage moment <laughs> then i came across safa 2006 remix i can't lie i didn't know the ghost had it like that the line in the puff and stuff dunks was gangster my question to d jones is what's your favorite old clip of the ghost and Seifa, if you had to guess what Nikes you skated in the past would be worth the most resale today. Well, thank you for uh, watching Day in the Bunt. Shouts to Devin, our boy. Classic. That was uh, the biggest flop of all time, but still funny, I guess. I wish I actually skated past 2 p.m. As far as resale, well, it's funny because we just read that hate thing from the guy who called us sneakerheads, and I didn't even know what the fuck the puff and stuff dunks were but i guess i skated them and i remember one time i was at a drift with jakes and he showed me this like sneakerhead website and he was just showing me all the shoes that i used to skate and like some of them were like thousands of dollars and i was like god damn it but like in the moment i didn't give a fuck i think i got on nike when i was in grade 11 so i was like 16 let's say and obviously at that time I'm not thinking about collecting shoes to sell them later. I'm trying to get yeah. clips with D. Jones, you dig? That's pretty much it. I have no guesses on what any of those shoes are worth today. And I'm, I don't want to know because it probably would make me cry. <laughs> Luckily for the people, we actually stumbled upon a picture of the ghost. Oh, with no. Potentially his first ever Nike box. I'm not sure. But you could tell by the smile on his face. It didn't matter what uh, the fucking shoes dude, were. The I'm, kid was hyped. I'm so pissed Aiden dug that out because all, all my joking about boxes over the years and shit, like, it's, yes, I'm joking, but I definitely do love boxes. And you can see in this picture. <laughs> that was great, 11 or 12. Oh, my God. Favorite clip. Man, we've been skating together for a long time. Obviously, some of the... Clips when we were in Miami were dope. One of the hardest things I think I ever saw you do that I would never try was the fucking switch front nose, that out ledge coming off the bricks. Oh, yeah. That was insane. But I think I, and it sucks to say, but I literally posted it last week when I was looking for that old clip of Kenny Reed. It's got to be switch tray Earl Hag <laughs> in the Blazers jersey, probably like no one in our crew even thought that was possible this guy switch traded and then with the switchboard on wilson but one that i'll never forget and i'll fucking never forget this because we've told people the story of the mike taylor dvs shoes it's got to be the nolly nose slide nolly big spin oh that's guy don't <laughs> classic clip i'll post it up for the people this week 
You gotta see it. High speed. And this wasn't in there, but just because you mentioned some of mine, I was just thinking about some of my favorite clips of yours over the years. Miami, bringing it back to Miami. Um, your line with oh, the switch backside flip over that thing to drop. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. The like bench the Brad or Cromer spot. Yeah. Yeah. Always loved that clip, and I don't have that much pop, so that switch backside flip was pretty insane to me and Cody's fakey tray. But maybe, oh. maybe my favorite one is back five zero Moss Park Underground six stair rail back in your Hesh days, Donovision. But this is like the steepest handrail of all time down a six stair. But it, it was round and like just. To this day, I would never back 5-0 a flat bar that's round. So that that one sticks in my mind all these years later. (laughs) I'll have to post those clips, man. Yeah. My my rail days. But people need... Yeah, we need to like cut uh, a little edit of all your your rail tricks from like Donovision era. Oh my God, like fucking six stairs and under. (laughs) (laughs) You hit hit, uh, Warden Rail. You have to... Do your local rail justice with the front boards. Yeah, easy. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Always with a hand down on the rails. Couldn't <laughs> help it. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Sid Perkins. Hey, yo, bunters. So thankful for the bunt out here in Seattle. I broke my damn ankle a few months ago, and your show has kept me entertained while I sit on my ass waiting to skate again. I've been listening for years now, but after the Buala episode, I got to wondering how and why you guys started the podcast what were the two of you doing before what was your relationship to skating and did you have any doubts that the podcast would become as big as it has also did your segments come out of thin air or did you model them after other pods only four years in and y'all are my two favorite voices in skating and it's interesting to think how two dudes could create something so sick seemingly out of nowhere on another tip Seifa, I think you've mentioned you jacked your ankle in the past. What was your recovery like? I broke my fibula, didn't get surgery, and two months in, it feels a lot better. But when I step on my board, I can tell it'll be a while till I can confidently kickflip up the Euro at my local park again. How long did it take for you to get back to 100% and do you have any advice on recovery in general terms? I'm itching to skate, but I want to be smart and not fuck it up again. Anyways, appreciate what you do, Sid. It's a big time email. Let's start with the first paragraph there, man. So it's pretty simple. Me and Safe have basically been part of a group of best friends who have been skating together since we were early teenagers. It was a weird form of three to four groups of friends basically forming to create one huge group of friends. CMB, baby. Cash Money Brothers. We all came from our own little crew. Seifa was from one. I was from another. There was a couple other crews just formed and then basically created the largest skate gang in T-Dot history, essentially. <laughs> so our relationship to skating has just been that. It was like friendship and skating. It went hand in hand. We've been skating since we were, as long as I can remember, man, way too long. And then I think the thing that, that made it, like me and you kind of want to do our own thing was our love for sports and skating. We just fucking shoot the shit about sports nonstop. And Dono got me, sorry, I got Dono into fantasy basketball. He got me into fantasy football. We're talking about that shit 24 seven anyways. And we're like, oh, we should do a podcast. Oh yeah, I remember I put you on the podcast in the first place because they changed my life Mm because I'd be working manual labor 
and just hating it and like podcasts would just get me through the day and i'm like yo donald you gotta like subscribe to a couple of these things jalen and jacoby in their early days and so Definitely. when donald was at work he could fuck off in the back and just work and, and listen to pods so they changed both of our lives for the better and the more we got into them the more we were like yo we need to do our own pod we need to do our own pod it's crazy because it started off as like just a joke a pipe dream and then you talk about something for long enough we convinced ourselves we could do it and then it just takes that leap of faith to actually buy a mic and start talking into it and obviously at the beginning it was rougher than it is now you become more comfortable talking into a mic and comfortable hearing your voice never did we expect it to be not to say that it's like this huge podcast but i didn't even expect it would be as big as it is or that we'd have the opportunities we've had to travel and meet people that we have from it so it's definitely become something way cooler than just a podcast and a job to us it's like we fucking love the bunt and it's like part of our lives all day every day now yeah if you told me back in that picture when i was lying down with nikes all over me that when i was you know late 20s early 30s i'd be interviewing all my favorite skaters with you and and forming some real friendships with some of these guys i would have said god damn are you serious yeah <laughs> and as far as the segments go obviously everyone knows our favorite podcast jalen and jacoby I wouldn't say we actually modeled it after it, but we stole some of our favorite parts, little bits of the intro, parts of the post office, some of our sayings, some of it comes from there, but like you noticed today, we just started a new segment, so they can pop up and they can go away anytime, any day. Yeah, there's some segments that have died over the years. I think we've got a pretty solid format, and yeah, like you said, definitely just borrowed from, because we both listened to a handful of podcasts before we started and just kind of borrowed segments from different ones to put our own spin on them and then voila you have the bunt i just hurt my ankle at the beginning of quarantine as well probably one of the worst roles i've ever experienced in my life i was fucked for four weeks at six weeks i started to try and skate again and even rolling over sidewalk cracks it would kill but fuck, I'm off work. I got nothing to do. So I've been staying in the streets with the boys just fucking around. And I think it's like been two months now and it's just starting to like feel like I have confidence. Yeah, so. take your time, man. I've never broken my fibula, so I can't really speak on uh, your recovery specifically. But all I know is three ankle surgeries in. They've all taken roughly a year to come back from. But a lot of that's because of the Canadian healthcare system, which I love because I don't think I could afford all these surgeries in the states but so sometimes it takes a long ass time to actually get the surgery and just end up waiting six months and then the recovery six months but yeah just take your time man and do some physio if you're noticing it's like you want to keep your mobility so i would just youtube like ankle mobility exercises keep the mobility up don't rush back man that's something i've done too many times in the past take your time uh, but at some point there is that scary moment where you gotta start to push yourself again because you can only do so many ankle exercises. Uh, there's nothing that can replace like the movements we do in skateboarding. So one time, I think I've said this on the pod before, but back in the day, uh, Antoine Aslan, the good homie, was telling me something about ankles because he has some, had some issues too. Where if if the pain goes away within 24 hours, it's good pain. That's like 
you're on the right path. If it lasts more than 24 hours, then maybe you should take a step back and, and do some more strengthening before you take the next step. Going by that has treated me well over the years. So good luck with your recovery, bro. All right, next up, we got an email from Lucas Mann. Bunt boys, longtime listener and fan of the show. Question, as a younger dude skating in New Jersey, I've been blessed with some great influences from the past and the present. Wenning and Ashad come to mind. Who are some of your all-time favorite skaters from NJ? Much love from Morristown. You already named. Wenning is like a top five all-time favorite of mine. Ashad as well. He might have picked two of the best ever out of New Jersey, but the one mm. person that jumps to mind immediately is our boy, the legend of sin, Fred Gall. Uh, oh, man. Of course. Go, go back and listen to his interview if you haven't. Just the definition of a legend. When you think New Jersey, you think of him, Ashad, and winning, I think. 100%. Gotta be Freddie G. On question, go to this shit. Best interview of all time. <laughs> yeah. Like on any platform, anything. It has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Freddie. Story time with Freddie, one of the greatest hours I've spent in my life. <laughs> Real shit. I might have to go back and listen to that myself. God damn. Mm-hmm. Women and children only. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I, um, me and Bridget, we were out on a double date with one of her friends recently. Well, not recently, like before all this like uh, quarantine shit. Her friend's husband was talking to me about like what I do and like asking me about the podcast and shit. And he's like, so if I have to listen to one like which one should i listen to and i was like oh fred golf for sure you know <laughs> yeah he doesn't like, even if you skate? like yeah, yeah he doesn't skate so like no relation to skating but he just wanted to like check it out and i'm like okay like anybody can appreciate this guy's stories you know like <laughs> yeah. grew up in new jersey traveled the fucking world like he's seen fucking everything so whatever tell him to listen to it and like you know when you tell people and you don't fully expect them to listen you're just like whatever. yeah couple days later he just t- hits me up on instagram and that's all he writes in capital letters women and children only <laughs> <laughs> i'm like he's like that guy had me crack oh up. shit I was like i told you dog hell yeah freddie we need to do another interview with him <laughs> for real all right last up we got an email from adrian tapia hello bunt crew name's adrian from albuquerque arizona quick question slash asking for advice i ride for a local shop not gonna name it because i ain't trying to give them clout it's your local <laughs> shop dog. and you ride <laughs> i don't know where this is going i've been riding for them for a while when i first got on they hooked it up with a board i lost my job a while back and asked them for another hookup and i got told by my tm i can set myself up a new board and give you my old one the TM rides an 8.1 and I ride an 8.6. Second time, I got left on red. Should I drop them? Because from my knowledge, the rest of the team gets free shoes and decks, despite that I'm the only one constantly tagging them and dropping edits with their logo in them. But I seem to be a burden to them. What do y'all think? Whew. Jeez, Adrian. Well, you dropped your full name, so... The shop's going to know exactly who it is if anyone from there listens to them. So you might have already dropped them, unfortunately. 
But I mean, if you're getting disrespected like this, and you see other guys on the team getting boards and shoes, and they trying to give you hand me downs, and you know your local shop and your shop sponsors where you're supposed to feel the most love it's supposed to be just like a group of homies guys you want to skate with and if that's the type of feeling you're getting man then i think you already know what to do by emailing into us if you want me to be the bearer of bad news then i'll do it dog it might be time to go yeah but i was also gonna say like i guess because the other guys are getting free decks you think because you said from your knowledge like it wasn't a fact but you're guessing I, I just hope get all the facts right before you make a decision like that but Donald is spot on man your shop sponsor is supposed to be like a second family so if, if you're feeling uncomfortable then maybe it's not meant to be with that shop and the fact that you didn't want to give them clout is just fucking hilarious uh, speaking of giving your local shops clout shout out to uh, a drift skate shop and blue tile lounge and T dot you got to want to support your locals, not email in and, and not even give them a shout out. So that alone tells me you might have to be looking for a next shop sponsor, Deggy. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the post office. One week left in season 11. God damn. Y'all ain't ready for next week. Yeah, I hope. Uh, what's our guy's name again? The, the jokes guy. Oh, Leo Ranks or Theo Banks. Yeah. Both of them. I hope Theo Banks makes his triumphant return once again. Leo ranks. The beef seemed to calm down. Maybe it got real and they actually they actually dusted each other or something. <laughs> Haven't heard a peep from either of them. But yeah, holler at us, man. One one week left. Let's go. Welcome back to the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. And by golly, Ghost, we got some news. What's good, dog? What's cracking? You said it in the intro, and now it's time to talk about it. Get down to the nitty-gritty. Cam Newton headed to Foxborough. Woo! The Patriots are back, baby. And I think they're going to win the division. Damn. I thought you were Bill's Mafia, man. I am Bill's Mafia because they're closest to us. But I got a small little spot in my heart for the Patriots, mostly because of Tom Brady, but I also love Bill Belichick. And now they got themselves a quarterback. They already had the defense. If they can add a little bit of speed on the outside, they got Sony Michelle and James White to be working that read option with Killer Cam. They got a hell of a team still. Do they? I mean, we'll see what Nikhil Harry turns into. Like they, they still got Edelman. But yeah, I don't know what their, their new tight ends are saying. It's not like Cam Newton's had a bunch of Pro Bowl receivers anyways in the past, you know, and he still makes do. His main man, Greg Olson, was probably his best receiver, like, the entirety of the time he was there. It sucks he finally got DJ Moore, and then, like, he's off the team, you know? Like, just the year that DJ Moore starts to pop, it's like, all right, I'm out. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, I'm excited, man. And I remember before when I asked you if you're a Brady fan or a Patriots fan, and... It was kind of like a struggle for you to like realize what you are. I think this is making me a fan of both. It was almost like the combination of Brady on the Patriots was too much, but I'm hyped to watch Brady in Tampa and now I'm hyped to watch the Patriots with Cam. It's gonna be fucking exciting and I hope his injuries uh, are in the past, man. 
You know what's mind-boggling to me is that 31 teams in the NFL have one job, and that's to not let the Patriots get anything for free. (laughs) And they let a former MVP and a motivated quarterback still in his prime. I think he's turning 31. Yeah, he's 31. Maybe even younger. He's 31 now, I think. Which is your prime years as a quarterback. And they let him have him for free. The Chicago Bears gave up a fourth round pick and are paying Nick Foles $20 million. (laughs) And the New England Patriots got Cam Newton for nothing and are paying him $7.5 million with some incentives. The fact that he's motivated, Bill Belichick is going to be more motivated than ever to prove that he can do it without Tom Brady. Josh McDaniels is a beautiful offensive mind. We've seen it year in and year out. What he does to adjust the offense to an aging Tom Brady, his lack of mobility. And now he has arguably one of the most mobile quarterbacks. If they let Cam run as much as we've seen in previous years in Carolina, they're going to be dangerous. And they're in a weak division. I know the Bills have gotten better. They got themselves Stephon Diggs. But Josh Allen was never the most accurate quarterback. He already had John Brown, the deep threat, and he missed him on numerous occasions. They (laughs) lost to Houston in the playoffs because he failed to make passes in crunch time. I I love the Bills. I love Josh Allen and everything they've done. I love their team and their defense, but they are beatable. And I think that Bill Belichick can take Cam Newton to win the division. What do you think? I got to agree, man. Those are some strong arguments. Josh Allen's shakiness is is what worries me the most. And yeah, I kind of forgot about that Houston game. It was in the balance the whole time and the Bills are a more complete team, but it was almost one of those things where Josh Allen just couldn't, like he came out looking good in the, or decent in the first half, mm-hmm. but then couldn't seal the deal. And Deshaun Watson, I feel like that was just like a head to head thing. Obviously the defense has played a huge part, but it was just like mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson was just more clutch. I don't want to say he willed his team to victory because everyone's... He also takes care of the ball more. You know that Josh Allen is good for at least one fumble, maybe two, a game. And then throw in a couple interceptions. Like That's hard to overcome, especially in the playoffs. You got beat by Bill O'Brien, for Christ's sake, who will literally give you the game. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm excited. I think you're right, too, in saying that 31 other teams, it was their job to not let the Patriots get Cam. Because, yes, there's a huge risk factor with the injuries, but just make another team take that risk, you know? It's like if they swing and miss, it's not the end of the world. But if the Patriots swing and hit with Cam, like that's just, that just oh could just God. fuck up the league, you know, oh for the next God. five years. Especially... If you're talking in terms of the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins, you all have three quarterbacks, three young first-round quarterbacks that you've taken, and Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and now Tua down there in Miami. Why wouldn't you just go and get Cam Newton? You don't have $7.5 million. You can't make that deal with Cam Newton to protect. You're finally going to go up against the Patriots, who only have Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. This is like as good as a situation as you can get. There's one guy on the market, and his name is Cam Newton. Just go and get him and take him. And then trade him away or do whatever you have to do. But you know in fantasy, when it comes down to the playoffs and you start to play keep away, 
with your waiver priority and with your fab budget that's what these teams should have done and they failed themselves again and they deserve to lose to the <laughs> patriots they deserve Dude, this some time. of the teams it's just like i'm scratching my head like the chargers giving philip rivers 25 million for one season like are you fucking nuts the colts or, or sorry that, right? yeah the colts like yeah. where's the upside and then the chargers too the yeah. chargers just going with tyrod taylor like we haven't seen tyrod taylor with four different teams i know it's already. like on both of those chargers and colts what's the upside you know like you make the playoffs and you lose in the first round whereas the upside mm -hmm. with cam newton if he's right and his shoulder's good and his foot's good we've seen him have a 15 and one season and go to the super bowl an mvp season yeah i don't know it's a head scratcher not to mention the same chicago bears that gave up too much for nick Foles. Yeah. not to mention the philadelphia eagles who know they have a problem keeping their quarterback healthy not to mention the jacksonville jaguars who are gonna go forward with gardner Minshew. like <laughs> yeah man it's crazy but we need a job general managing one of these goddamn nfl teams <laughs> It's a simple game of keep away. You keep the guy away from the Patriots. You let Boston have another great quarterback who could potentially be there for six to seven years, man. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just super happy for Cam. It was kind of just bothering me that he didn't have a job for that long. Of course. Um, so shouts to him and the Patriots. Shouts to Bill Belichick, did it again. Made everyone think he wasn't going after Cam while well, he just let him sit there on the open market and let the value dwindle away and then swooped in. All right, talking up Stidham. Shouts to you, Bill Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> fucking shouts to you. Talking about maybe going after Andy Dalton and they got themselves Killer Cam, Superman, former MVP. Yeah, you know those, those oh. ridiculous questions they ask on like first take and uh, undisputed like they always have the most ridiculous topics and i remember one of the topics was like so what do you think it means that bill belichick referred to stidham as stid like the fact that like because <laughs> belichick never uses nicknames and like they actually like argued for 20 minutes about like the importance of him calling him stid i was like oh my they God. would man they fucking would. i mean i can't blame them everyone's desperate for topics and this was early in the pandemic but that shit cracked me up man <laughs> so all i gotta say is one thing down there in the states start wearing your goddamn masks because i want to see some fucking football in september and i'm sure everyone else does that's the only thing that can hold us back is this goddamn virus canceling the nfl oh, season which we desperately need so let's fucking be safe out there people. Yo, real shit man i can't imagine going through 2020 without fantasy football man let's not even go down that hypothetical so before we wrap it up one little bit of basketball news it's slowly approaching the end of this season starting up july 31st the raptors starting august 1st i think we have the lakers or clippers first i forget who it is we have an absolutely treacherous eight game schedule we're going to be hopeful to hold on to the second seed but the lakers are never done making moves avery bradley has decided not to join the team inside the bubble and they've decided to replace him with a familiar face to lebron jr smith he's done whooping asses on the streets <laughs> and he's headed to orlando baby so stoked that was another one of those ones where i'm like it was just bothering me that he wasn't on a team all year he's had that 
reputation as like a loose ball for so long that I feel holds him back sometimes. He can still play. I still feel like he's got a year, two, maybe three max left in those legs. So I'm happy to see him get this opportunity. Hopefully hit some big shots and, and get himself another contract next year, man. Uh, I absolutely love J.R. Smith. Google his or YouTube his top 10 career dunks. He had this one dunk Oof. when he was on the Nuggets against the Spurs. And there's like a couple seconds left in the hat in the half and he just like takes off from what feels like the three-point line and just oh man i fucking love jared smith stoked for him can't wait for basketball to be back man all right y'all that's gonna wrap up episode 11 of season 11 Woo! only one left to go the covid chronicles is almost over catch y'all next week peace <laughs>